Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week I'm lucky enough to have Courtney Burling with me um, fangirling a little bit as a runner. So Courtney is a registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, running coach, mum of three, military spouse. She ran cross country and track at the University of Cincinnati and her passion for running extends far beyond the sport because through running she met her now husband and has made lifelong friends. She commented that when travelling it's something that really helps her meet a whole range of people because they have that in common. Running has been a significant part of her life, but years of underfueling left her sidelined with injury and actually eventually led to infertility. So she is now on a mission to help runners heal their relationship with food, fuel their training right and run their best race while living their best life. I have to say, when I reached out to Courtney, I was like, there's no way she'll say yes. Um, all her programmes look amazing and just her ethos around intuitive eating, running and movement. So I was so happy when she said yes. So I do hope you enjoy the episode and I'll put all her information below. Perfect. So I've done a brief sort of introduction, but I want to welcome Courtney onto the podcast. If there's anything you want to add or you just want to say hello, um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I love the message of your podcast and I just align with it so much and I'm excited to share as much as I can about nutrition today. Amazing. Um, with that, we'll go on to the sort of first thing we want to talk about today. So often I talk about like the diet binge cycle and that sort of restriction. I know you talk about it in a bit more specifics to runners. How does that vary? And do you encounter it often when you're working with, with clients and talking to people? Yeah, I do see, you know, whether you want to call it the restrict binge cycle or a diet binge cycle, I see it a lot in runners, even if they think, oh, no, I don't do that. Once we start to break it down and like look at it closely, it's like, oh, yeah, I do tend to do that. Because what happens is they try to eat so healthy or, you know, in their case, like they're trying to be perfect. And I'm putting that in quotations. And you can only maintain that for so long before the body is begging for more or, you know, cravings take over or, you know, the binge is really your body's way of trying to get enough fuel. So if you're under fueling or restricting or dieting, these are really almost all synonyms of each other. It's almost always going to end in a binge. It's not a lack of willpower. It's the body just protecting itself. And so I see it very, very often, especially in marathon runners, because it's hard to understand exactly how much fuel you really need to do these longer races. Yeah. So going on that, if you were running with a recreational, you're training for a marathon, half marathon, whatever, how would you know that you're eating enough? Are there any clear signs or maybe it's the opposite. There are clear signs you're not eating enough. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, the hard part is that it's not necessarily an exact, like you didn't eat enough today, so you definitely are going to feel this. Sometimes it takes time for those effects to be noticeable. But I would say the biggest things to be looking out for, if you are not eating enough, what you're going to be feeling is you're going to be really tired. You're not going to be recovering from your workouts well. You're probably going to have some food cravings or hunger signals that you're, you know, you're feeling really hungry often 
definitely a sign you're not eating enough. And one that might surprise you is having trouble sleeping. If you're not sleeping well at night, obviously there could be, you know, a lot of different reasons for this, but one of them is under fueling. And then the last kind of big one I would say is if your training is not progressing, you know, you're doing hard workouts, but you're just not getting any faster. That's a red flag that we need to look closely into your diet because you just simply might not be eating enough. Interesting. And when people are working on their nutrition and their food, how does something like intuitive eating or sort of listening to the body play into that? Or is it a bit more structured when you then work on someone's relationship to food in relation to running? Yeah, that's a great question. And intuitive eaters are fantastic. And I think, excuse me, I think that we should all learn or relearn to be intuitive eaters. And I say relearn because we're born intuitive eaters. Babies and toddlers are some of the best intuitive eaters. And then, excuse me, my goodness, diet, wow, diet culture and, um, you know, all the things going on in our world is what really impacts our view on food. So we start to lose the ability to be intuitive eaters over time. And so when I work with my runners, I want them to be intuitive eaters. I want them to, you know, reject the diet mentality. That is one of the intuitive eating principles. I want them to respect their body, honor their hunger. Um, You know, when they're feeling hungry, I want them to respond to those hunger cues. I want them to eat in a satisfying way and in a comfortable environment. These are all part of the 10 intuitive eating principles. But the one tricky part with runners is that we can't just be intuitive eaters because running makes it a little bit harder, right? We wake up in the morning to go for a run and you're probably not going to feel like eating, but you're going to need to eat before that morning run. And so there's going to be a time like before a run or immediately after that you don't feel hungry, that you don't feel like eating and you need to help your body get used to eating at those times um, in order to see those re- results and progress in your training. So, you know, you definitely try to be an intuitive eater, but then know that as a runner, there are going to be times where you can't solely rely on intuitive eating. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I enjoy running and sometimes you're like, I know afterwards, I've seen you've done posts on like post run you get that weird in between where you go, I've just run for quite a long time, but I'm not hungry yet. And you have to sort Mm -hmm. of get into that thing of, I need to refuel, even if actually it takes a while before my body kicks in because after running, sometimes you just don't feel it. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of goes back to our initial question of the restrict binge cycle. You know, you might not be trying to restrict, but if you don't eat after your run or you have a really low appetite on your long run day, which is really common, if you're not refueling and being really diligent about your nutrition, it is almost like a restriction. And then I think some of you can relate where you get to either the evening or the next day and you feel this almost binge come on or this like, you know, significantly overeating. And it's because we missed an opportunity to fuel after our run. So it's really important to make sure that you, you are fueling, even if you don't feel hungry after those long runs and hard workouts. And actually, I know um, a big part of sort of some of your messaging is that fueling right can lead to PBs and improvements in performance and a lot of benefits. So do you find that a lot, again, when working with people or just something that you see really often? 
Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It's amazing. I have runners tell me all the time, like, I don't think my, my nutrition's fine. I, you know, I don't think I need to change anything. And then we'll, you know, start working together and I'll give them a few tidbits like, Hey, why don't you just try to eat some carbs before your morning run and let me know how you feel. And, you know, they'll come back a week later and it's like, Oh my gosh, I have so much more energy. And it, sometimes you just don't realize that you're missing anything until you try it a different way. And so, you know, pre run fuel is huge to have that energy to be able to run longer and stronger post-run fuel to recover, and then your intra-run fuel on, you know, fueling during those long runs. That is one of the biggest things that if you're missing that, or you're you're either not taking in anything, or you're just not simply taking in enough, that's going to change the entire marathon or half marathon experience for you. You're going to go from feeling like you need to take a nap after every long run to, wow, I feel like I can go on about my day when I'm fueling right after those long runs. Yeah, I was gonna say, I can relate to both feelings where you're like, I need a nap. And then sometimes being like, actually, I feel absolutely fine and how, how fueling lends itself to that. Yeah, it is. And hydration too, you know, that's part of the fuel plan. Um, it just makes a big, big difference that you like said, you just might, I think that's the problem is that people know marathons are supposed to be hard. And so what happens is, you know, they're like, oh, it's supposed to feel this way. It's supposed to be really hard. It's a marathon and it is going to feel hard, especially if you're pushing yourself to new, faster and better times but it shouldn't feel awful, right? That's a red flag that we need to look at your fuel plan. Yeah, interesting. Like I had never thought of that. And it's something I know I've experienced from from running more. You start to go, actually, this doesn't feel as bad. Like you said, once you start to go, well, I'm just going to take on some more food. I'm going to look at this. That sort of headspace shift of, oh, this doesn't have to feel awful in the way that you assume it would. Yeah. And I think the hard part is that a lot of people start running with the idea that they're going to lose weight through running. So then they get nervous to start eating more. But running is a really high energy demanding sport. And so if you're going to, you know, expect your body to put out all of this energy, we need to make sure that we're bringing in energy in order to feel good and to feel strong and to get faster. So what would you say? I know it's you kind of touched on it a bit there and it's a whole fueling strategy if someone's sort of going I'm a bit overwhelmed or I'm not sure if I'm eating enough where do I start sort of planning a fueling strategy or just looking at what I'm eating with running what would you say are those sort of first steps that you would recommend everyone do Oh, that's a great question. Kind of like a crash course. Or I tell um, the runners that I work with, I'm like, even if your day is crazy, like, let's focus on these like main pillars in your day, you know, like, obviously, there's a lot of things that can help. But I would say the the biggest things that should anchor in your day that you can start with is, again, I, I can't stress enough carbs before your run. It is like putting gasoline in your car before you start driving it, you gotta fuel before your run. And then carbs and protein pretty soon after your run, whether that be your breakfast, you know, if breakfast is going to be right after your morning run, that's fine. But if breakfast or your next meal is going to be a few hours away, you got to have a carbohydrate and a protein snack. So, you know, a smoothie is a great example, Greek yogurt and some fruit. Um, you could throw some protein powder in there if you want to, but you know, carbs and protein together, those two things are, are really big. The next thing I would say is focus on three balanced meals throughout the day, carb, protein, and color. I always say color because, you know, 
a salad would be great, but we're not all going to eat salads for lunch. Right. And so it, at breakfast, it might be like oatmeal, eggs and fruit. And then at lunch, that might look more like a sandwich, a salad and, you know, a black bean burger or something along those lines. Um, and so we got pre-run fuel, post-run fuel, three balanced meals. And then the last thing I would say is don't go more than three or four hours without eating. When we start to have these huge gaps in our day, I'm talking five, six hours in between meals, that makes it really hard to listen to our body. And it makes you more prone to overeating and under fueling, ironically, because you have big gaps in the day. It's hard to eat enough if you're not eating frequently. But then when you do sit down and eat, that next meal is likely to be you know, maybe really large or not something that necessarily feels good. It's often, you know, kind of rushed or whatever you can find. So those, I don't know how many I listed, four or five would be my biggest <laughs> tips. Pre-run, post-run, three balanced meals, and no more than four to five hours. So four four main tips there. No, that's super, super helpful. I know even with the last one, I was like, oh yeah, I I naturally sort of tend to snack more when I've been running whether it's a learned thing there's lots of time it's always nice when you hear things you're like oh I do that um yeah especially as someone who like explores intuitive eating it's that sort of finding what works for you while also seeing okay this fits my day this fits my sort of run schedule because I know we talked a little bit about you want to be really intuitive but your body sometimes doesn't want to eat before a long run in the morning or doesn't want to eat so it's finding that balance of learned experience and intuition I think Exactly. I love that the words you used, learned experience. That's so great. I think of it as I'm a very visual person. And so I think of it almost like a runner's diet is like a Venn diagram. If you can think of what a Venn diagram looks like for back to like high school is probably the last time we've seen a Venn diagram, but where you've got, you know, uh, two circles, right? And then there's a crossover in the middle. And on the one side, it is sports nutrition science. Like that's like the pre-run, the post-run, the intra-run fuel. And then on the other circle, you've got your intuitive eating. And we want to kind of mesh those together and find that perfect crossover between those two. It's going to come a little bit of both sides there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think definitely when I talk about gentle nutrition to people, I'm like, there's a Venn diagram. There's like external, internal, where's your where's your sweet spot where everything kind of meets where you're going actually the expert says I need to eat this before I run but I know this or I I know this um and people sort of find what works for them because I remember someone said to me oh you don't need to eat that much when you're running and I was like from my lived experience my body is like I need water I need this someone once said to me like don't drink water until this distance and I went no (laughs) my body needs water sooner it's (laughs) it's all good yeah Definitely. Yeah. And that's, I, 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 to circle back to your quote of learned experience, that is, I always teach my runners, try something, give it, you know, three or four days and ask yourself, how did I feel like that? You are a science experiment of one, because even though the research says to do X, Y, and Z, see how it works for your body and your lifestyle, because everybody is going to be different. Yeah, definitely. I know I've, seen so much information out there with running and fueling and movement and it's that sort of yeah how does that how's that going to make me feel which is it's really interesting yeah I love that so as we sort of finish up here um you've sort of given your recommendations is there anything that you see really often in runners I know we talked about that sort of under fueling would you say there's like one thing you see really 
commonly or is it like actually people's experiences are so wide ranging? You know, I would say the biggest thing I see, and now keep in mind, I ran collegiately. So I, I have like the college level experience. And then now, you know, many years removed from that, I see it among every age group that runners do tend to undereat, um, even if they don't think they are. Once I start looking at their, you know, their diet, just what they're intaking, it is still, it, it might surprise some of you, but runners still tend to eat lower carb than they should. And I think society and the world we live in, even though you and I are on different in different parts of the world, it's still the same diet culture messaging worldwide of, you know, be thinner, cut carbs, um, you know, run more, do more, weigh less, take up less space. These are the messages that we're hearing every day from the media. Um, sometimes, you know, subliminal, subliminally. And so what runners really need to understand is running takes a lot of fuel and we do need to eat and it's okay to take up space. And I hate to break it to everybody, but weighing less doesn't necessarily make you faster. If you have to go beyond what is your body's natural set weight range, to be to like to try to lose weight to try to be faster that's not going to work in the long run um if you're pushing your body to a weight it doesn't want to be at that's not going to make you a faster runner yeah and i think that's a, a great reminder it's been really nice i say to people maybe i'm on an echo chamber on the instagram because i follow really nice accounts but a lot of the runners i follow and um, there's a few people where they've said like oh yeah i was always told to to lose weight to be faster but actually i found a fueling strategy that works for me and i'm I've smashed it out the park. My body has not changed at all. Yeah, I love that. Uh, definitely. And and uh, you bring up such a great point. Like watch your, your, I call it your inputs, right? Like anything that you're watching on Instagram or TV, if you're watching and following people only with a certain body type, that's what you're going to, you know, internalize and feel like you need to look like that. So follow, you know, different types of accounts, positivity accounts, body positive account, uh, body positive accounts, um, you know, just different races, ethnicities, like, you know, diversify your inputs. And I think that helps um, our body image and just understanding of the world as well. Yeah, definitely. I, it's been really nice to see. I feel like running's had, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like running's had definitely a big boom. Um, like I see more influence and stuff doing it, but I, I've seen so many more reels, so many more people picking it up. I don't know whether it's a post-COVID like mental health thing. A lot of people have discovered it, but it's been really great to see that sort of range of people all out running and all having different experiences, but all really positive experiences of running. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it's and that's one thing that's so great about running is so many different people can do it, right? It's not a one size fits all. You can be different paces and run different distances. And so it can be a very inclusive sport. And, you know, I'm part of a military family and we move around a lot and running has always been kind of the one thing to ground me in every place that we've moved because, you know, right now as I'm recording, so I'm American and I live in Japan right now. And even among people that I don't even speak the same language with, we have a common bond through running. And I love the running community worldwide. It is such a positive group of people and I want to keep it that way. Definitely. So I said, that's a nice sort of high. I love the, the community that running brings. Um, I'm going to sort of round up. We do the quick fire finish. 
I say quick fire I always tell people it can be as long as you would like um, especially when I say favorite food some people are like I just got to tell you the story behind it um so it can be <laughs> as long or as short as you would like okay um so first one what is your favorite food and this can be very specific or some people go meals or uh I would say my favorite food is a sandwich through and through any kind of sandwich I am a sandwich girl for breakfast lunch and dinner I could eat a sandwich <laughs> yeah every time I'm nodding away I'm like yes um what is your I, I suppose I'll ask because it may be a surprising answer but what is your favorite form of movement <laughs> <laughs> I w I wish I had a good answer that was surprising <laughs> but it is definitely running and if I can't run walking honestly I feel like my husband and I my friends and I have the best conversations when we're out walking um you know and running too but walking um just to have more conversation I I love having conversation through movement Amazing. I'm sure if I asked a hundred runners why they're like running, it would all be different as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one. So I obviously call the, the podcast and everything nourished. So what does the term nourished mean to you? Oh, I love that question, especially I just love the word nourished, right? It, it It's like life giving. And so that is exactly when I think of nourished. It's like, it's not just nourished with food. It's nourished as a whole person, mind, body and spirit doing things in life that give you life that you know make you feel good and leaving out anything that does not bring you happiness and joy amazing yes and then last one what is one piece of advice uh, i often say depending on people's niche i'm like if they want to improve their relationship with food or with movement you kind of nicely coalesce both so whether you want to focus on one or the other sort of one piece of advice you would give someone if they're starting that journey mm, that is so good um let, I'll, I'm going to do one of each here. So for someone who wants to improve their relationship with food, the first thing I would say to start focusing on that is not easy to do, but is a great starting point is stop labeling foods as good and bad. Don't give food any sort of moral value. You are not good for having a salad and you are not bad for having a cookie. And the more we can look at food as neutral, that is one of the greatest ways to start really amplifying your intuitive eating journey. Um, so I would say no good or bad foods, food is neutral. And then movement, um, you know, I would say just start where you are. Don't look at what anybody else is doing. Don't be discouraged by your, you know, mile or kilometer pace. You know, don't worry about it. Nobody really cares how fast you are running. They're also worried about what they're doing. And so just find joy in the movement and don't, you know, you can run without a watch. You can, you know, whatever it takes, but don't focus on the numbers. Just go out there for enjoyment. Definitely. I think that's such a great answer I really fell in love with running when I wasn't like I'm gonna do a this many mile pace I'm gonna do I was like I'm just gonna go for a run because I need some time outside and then then I was like this is what it this is what it's about yes I the time outside is big and I think when you start to have that I you know I have a spin bike or a peloton bike and I love that but it does like I need to be outside like I want to take my bike outside because there's something about being outside that just really can rejuvenate you well, that's all my questions. Um, thank you very much for taking time out from all the way across the world. I'm 
London based and like you said all all the way across um is there anything you want to promote any workshops you want to share or just how people can find you and learn from you yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me on Instagram. My handle is eatwell.runbetter. So you can definitely find me over there. Drop me a line. Let me know if you enjoyed the podcast or if you have any follow-up questions. And then you can also find my website from my Instagram. It's just eatwellrunbetter.com. And from there, I'm always offering uh, my nutrition coaching program where we really learn how to fuel for races and running with an anti-diet approach. So no calorie counting, really honing in that intuitive eating aspect um, for runners. So if you feel like you do need more help, you could always um, submit an application and we can talk about working together. Amazing. Like I said, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening. Um, That's pretty much it from me. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope it was helpful.